Welcome to the Big Red Rundown. I'm Zane. Chris. And we thought that the right thing to do would be to spend our time wasting yours talking about Nebraska football, basketball, volleyball, baseball, and anything else that involves the University of Nebraska. It is bound to be the best 30 to 45 minutes of your day. I was a little caught up. It caught me off guard there. I was like, what am I reading? What am I looking at? But we made it. We got through the intro, which is just about all that Nebraska did in the football game this weekend, too. But we'll get to that. (laughs) We'll get to that at this point. Um, uh, volleyball was really good and then really, really bad. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it, dude. I don't know what we are. Yeah, I can't tell. We swept Illinois, top 25 team, and, yeah. then, and then turned around and immediately got swept by Ohio State. So, good, but not not consistently good enough, I would say, is is kind of my summary. Yeah. And losing again to Ohio State, just, that's know, great. dude. Just a bummer. But we we got four unranked teams in a row. We could start another new win streak here. Hopefully, we'll see. I don't know what it is. Boom, breaking news. One more time, Matthias, and oh, man. (laughs) I will be untethered in my rage. But it couldn't possibly be worse than watching Nebraska play football. So (laughs) I do think having those four unranked teams in a row, I could just build a good rhythm. Yeah, and help this team get back to where they need to be because they did. They did play some tough competition. Oh, the Big Ten is the Big Ten just by far. Yeah, by far the best, the best conference for volleyball. Like without without even yeah, same close. Yeah. Well, he's noticed already. uh, Our friend James is. um, He's gone. He's no longer with us. So, uh, question. Yeah. Did James even exist? No. Where has he been? No, is he a real guy? And I know all eight thousand of you listeners have been asking: Is James <laughs> is James even on the podcast anymore? You know, where is that where, guy? Where's James? Did he did he fall into a rabbit hole? I don't know. You where's know. my Big Ten Plus that he yeah, promised? Yeah, where's my Big Ten Plus and my Creighton tickets that you were going to buy me? Unreal. Yeah, I don't know. But, but Drew's on vacation. James is. We kicked James off the podcast. He he no longer subscribes to Nebraska Athletics. He's I, which I understand. Fully, honestly, if I if he, I'm being completely honest, he wore an Iowa shirt the other day. So we can oh, oh, dude, I didn't know that. <laughs> now he's gonna die. <laughs> no, I mean that's the only that's the only response we can we can meet that with. But uh, basketball actually starts this week, so I, I I really enjoy talking about Nebraska basketball, or, or dare I say, Nebraska ball. Nebraska ball. I think I feel like the team has to earn that that title though, because. You know, for a long time, it's just been basketball at Nebraska. But then when Fred Hoiberg got here, it's Nebraska ball. Or it was Nebraska ball for a little bit with Tim Miles. But, mm. man, they got to earn that title this year. Nebraska ball starts this Tuesday with Western Illinois, the Leathernecks. Ooh. What a terrible name. You know? What the heck is that? What the heck's a Leatherneck? Was anyone else in the room to approve or, like, disapprove the name? I don't know. Who's the guy that thought of that, too? Who didn't speak up in that meeting? That's the classic joke. First guy to think of this. You know, here, I got an idea. <laughs> we'll make their neck out of leather. Huh? Huh? Yeah. That was a good one. I think it's a dog. Is it a dog or something? I don't know, dude. That seems like it's derogatory. Der, derogatory. Gosh. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We're going to wrap it up. <laughs> we'll wrap it up there. But the basketball team plays Western Illinois, and they are the Leathernecks. Once again, terrible name. What Some, some fun facts about Western Illinois, if you didn't know. Uh, Nebraska has a player on their team, Kobe Webster, 
who transferred from Western Illinois a couple years couple years back. Huh. Yeah. So he played there for a while. Well, Kobe Weds, he's one of those guys that feels like you've, his, he's been on the team forever. I know, but he's he's only been here since Fred Hoiberg's first year. Right, which seems like a much longer but I know. So he transferred from the Leathernecks. They're part of the Missouri Valley Conference, so, so the same conference as UNO. Um, I th- who else is in the MVC? I know um, Wichita State used to be the MVC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still are or not, but same conference as UNO. I know that for sure. University of Nebraska Omaha for all of our uh, cross country listeners. All, all, none of you. All, none of you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think I don't think they're a team to be overlooked. I was looking at their roster. Um, and they got six four, six ten, six seven, six two, six three, six eight, six five. Like mm. they're big dudes. Six eight, six nine, six seven, six ten. They're they're big dudes. Yeah. They they seem they seem pretty young. Lots of freshmen. Lots of freshmen on the. T- it's either freshmen or juniors. Like <laughs> no joke. There's no sophomores and there's no seniors. It's freshmen and it's juniors. So. They got Rob Jeter as their head coach. I haven't even clicked on the full bio thing. I feel like that's a name I should probably know, though. Rob Jeter. Rob Jeter. Rob Jeter. Oh, he was at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, eh? Ooh. Which I didn't know was a thing. So, there you go. Look at that. You learn something new every day. There's two There's two universities of Wisconsin. Well, there's like a, there's like three University of Nebraska's. Kearney. Yep. Kearney. Kearney, Omaha, Lincoln. Yep. But, obviously, Lincoln's. <laughs> Like it's way, way better, but well, actually, the Carney football team could probably beat Nebraska. Really? No. No. The Lopers. No, the Lopers. They'd take it to them. No, but I, I, I like, I like this, this game this week. Uh, we got a couple games this week. Actually, we play Southern. I think as well. A little bit later in the yeah. week, maybe Thursday or Saturday or something. And then we got, we got the old boys in blue coming down from, coming down from Creighton. Gonna get it, take it to him down in Lincoln. I don't know why I'm talking with Southern accent. It's not that far south, but it's it, a now, more west. I'm, now I'm stuck in it. I can't get get it off my tongue. I gotta go to the whole podcast talking like this. Bryce McGowan's probably gonna be the leading scorer. <laughs> we just lost five listeners. <laughs> oh, no. like, well, hey, I didn't know it was one of those podcasts. All right, <laughs> I'm out. No, <laughs> no. I, I think for basketball, like if you've been listening to us in the past, we do like score predictions for football and kind of like breakout players or yeah. what we think it's going to look like. I think for basketball, especially since there's way more games, it's going to be hard to predict scores every time. But I really like maybe th- like predicting who the leading score is going to be or like who who's going to have the biggest impact on the floor, who's going to be the best bench player. So yeah. for this week, maybe we could talk about just like wh- who we think our leading scorer Cool. Be for this for this game specifically, maybe. I like it. I so I have Bryce McGowan's again. He he came on late against Colorado and had like ten of his fifteen points in the final like five minutes of the game, which maybe I didn't see if Colorado had put in their scrubs yet or or what. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I think if he gets it gets it going a little bit earlier, he's obviously uber talented, five star power forward. He's ridiculous. And if he can get it rolling early, I think he'll he'll go off for like maybe thirty points or something. Yeah, I can see that. Um, right off the bat, I think a safe bet would be Alonzo Verge mm, or but, uh, f- f- friend of the podcast uh, Drew Rawlings said Alonzo Verhey. Oh yeah, Alonzo Verhey. <laughs> he he's gonna be he's gonna 
be leading Nebraska in scoring. But you know what? I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to give you a bold prediction. A bold mm. prediction you're not expecting. Whoa, dude. You ready oh, for this? Hold, no, I'm not ready. Wait. I'm, gonna, oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. All right, I'll wait. I'm ready. All right, so <laughs> I'm going to butcher his name. Casey, Kaisei Tamanaga. Tamanaga. Yeah. Ready for this? Ready for this? Yeah, 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 yeah. This week, I don't know which game this week, All but right. this week, yep. yeah, 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 he will set yeah, the yeah, Nebraska yeah. basketball record for most three pointers made in one game. Oh my gosh! Bold prediction. No. Oh my gosh, dude! That's Boom. Crazy. Oh no. What? What's the record? I don't even actually know what don't even know the record. But <laughs> let's let's try and find. What I just that know this guy's is. lights out. So one of these games, he's gonna make. He's gonna hit the record, and I'm calling it. I like that. Bold dude. prediction. They, literally, like it's not. Um, it's not unlikely to say that, honestly. Yeah. Because I mean, we've been, we've been hearing, um, all across the big 10 for people that have like, for the announcers that have watched games so far this season, they've said he literally has a range like Steph Curry. Like he can shoot anywhere on the floor, anywhere on the floor. He caught a, he caught a ball off, off the, uh, like off of a swing pass screen or something. And like the, Fastest release I have ever seen anybody in a Nebraska jersey shoot the ball so fast and hit the bottom of the net. It wasn't even close. Like, yeah, I mean, he's he's that talented. So I can't find the most three pointers in a in a game. But if I had to guess, it's probably like six or seven. Honestly, yeah, like probably somewhere like less than know. less than ten. You'd think, yeah, maybe maybe ten. But Nebraska's. I mean, we did have Eric Eric Pikekowski in the. In the late nineties, yeah. So I mean, he could the Polish assassin. <laughs> we can't talk about Polish assassins anymore, but, <laughs> but he is the oh real. He's the real Polish assassin. Polish assassin. So, I don't know. That's I, I like that. I like that bold prediction. I like Kasei. 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 That's it. Kasei. Kasei Tominaga. Kasei Tominaga. Kasei Tominaga. Now we got um, trying to pronounce um, Asian names and a deep, dark southern southern accent on the podcast so far. So we're off. <laughs> we're off to a great start this week, guys. And now we get to talk about the football team. Oh yeah! Yay! What a game! What a game! Yeah! What what a time for Nebraska to quote save their coach, right? <laughs> they saved it. I don't know, dude. Oh. I don't know if that's actually what 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 took place but in my head I'm like I'm so torn I'm so conflicted because I, I obviously don't enjoy watching Nebraska lose in football I care way I care way too much about Nebraska football but also I'm I'm still convinced that it might be it might be time for some serious changes inside the football department I'm not I'm not convinced it's Scott Frost that needs to go okay. um, but I am convinced there needs to be like real dramatic there, changes yeah I think that's pretty that's the bare minimum, I think. Oh, yeah. For, like, I think everyone's in agreement that there's going to be some kind of change this offseason. Yeah. It's just a matter of what kind of change. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but I think I keep switching my mind every hour whether or not I feel like Frost should stay or not. I know. Uh, here's my thing. I, in in my head, I've never wavered that I think Scott's, I think Scott's the right guy. I think... There we go. How about that for you guys? How about that for you guys listening? Huh? That's called coffee in the morning. 
gosh. Coffee in the morning. New <laughs> segment. Lots of carbonation in that coffee. <laughs> I just want to keep it. I want to keep it, you know, keep it random. Keep you on your toes while you're listening to this <laughs> oh Husker gosh. podcast. Make sure we'll put a timestamp so you know something special happens right there. But <laughs> in my mind, back to football, in my mind, <laughs> I've never wavered that I think Scott Frost is the guy. I think he's the right leader. I think he has the right demeanor. I think he has the right um, potential moving forward. I think he has the right support. I think he has all of that behind him. I think if he decides that he's just going to run it back next year, they give him another year and he's like, yeah, we're just going to keep the same coaches and just kind of give it another whirl. Then I'm gonna. That's pretty quickly gonna be my my last straw. I'm gonna I'm yeah. I'm gonna give up at that point because we've been doing that for four years and we've been getting better. Inarguably, I think we've been genuinely getting better on the field. We have a much better product on the field right now. Since this is the best product we've seen on the field, as as bad as it sounds, this is the best product we've seen on the field since Bo Pelini was fired. Yeah, we're we are so close. Definitely, like statistics show that, and so. What I think is going to be necessary is for Scott Frost to, to do what's necessary and fire those coaches that he's had a relationship with that he knows just can't get the job done. Yep. You, can't, you can't go to those coaches that you've known for so long and you have a relationship with and say, hey, I really like you. You're a good dude. You're a great man. You lead, you lead these players. You lead these young men correctly. I need you to do this better. They're not going to. That's not their MO, right? They are going to do the, the things the way they do them. So Scott needs to get rid of those guys. They've been given enough, more than enough runway. They yep. need to. They Four need, years. And they'll be fine, dude. <laughs> they will be perfectly fine. They'll find more jobs. Find Greg, Greg Austin will go be an offensive line coach somewhere. He might even go to the NFL and be an offensive line coach. Make more money. Isn't that weird when you see like coaches not work for Nebraska and then they go to the NFL? I know. Like an assistant yeah, coach Troy Walters is the yeah. wide receivers coach for the Bengals right now. And. He's probably doing fun, just, just Dude, fine. He's doing freaking wage just perfectly fine. He's got one of the yep. better receiving cores in all college in all of the NFL right now with Jamar Chase and those guys up there. Man, he's set yeah. up. Right. Yeah, he's probably making more money than he was making as the the offensive coordinator at Nebraska. But yep. yeah, in my in my head, I'm not convinced Scott Frost needs to go. I think he's the right guy, but I think Trev needs to sit him down and say, "Hey, um, you're the guy as long as you make these." The, the correct decisions moving yep. forward. Otherwise, this is this is the end of the road. If you're just going to run it back, we're not going to we're not going to pay for that. Yep. So Drew has been saying this all week, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. If this makes you nervous at all of mm. the idea of keeping Scott. Mm. So he was listening to I think it was called Around the Big Ten podcast. Shout out to them. Um, they did some research of all the coaches that have started kind of in a similar way that Scott Frost has started. So basically, not good. Yeah. For your for your reign of a coach, have ha, has has history shown in 150 years of history, whatever, has a coach been able to have this bad of a start and turn the program around? And they've found zero coaches that have started as bad as Scott Frost, and they have turned it around. Yeah. Yeah. Do I, you do you does that make you nervous at all? Because for me, I'm like, well, there's so many variables, but does yeah. that make you nervous? It, it it does make me nervous, but what doesn't make me nervous is having our, our good friend James Teichman <laughs> oh, back on the podcast. Got the this call. Week. Oh, feels good to be back. Does it does it actually feel good, you skipper? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, don't, don't feel great today, but it's all good. Are, are you feeling all right? You doing okay? Um, you know, I don't know if it's just the the consistent Saturday letdown that then just knocks me out for a couple of days, but you know. <laughs> You just got, you just got done with the game. And, together. You just got done watching that football game, and you're like, I'm going to go lick every swing set 
in the in the tri-state area, and I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> we the did. whole tri-state area found every <laughs> single one of them, and I I went back to some of them that were really gross. I went back and looked at it again. <laughs> That's how bad the game was for you. That's how bad it was. <laughs> You're like, I'm not Gosh. on a beach in Croatia anymore. Nebraska sucks. I gotta I gotta get sick. I gotta I gotta just find a way to not talk about football anymore. I thought I could go far away during the bye week. <laughs> And things would miraculously get better. And I come back and it's like, oh, it's literally the same story. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, oh, nothing's changed. Well, that's good. And James, we're, we're going we're gonna to obviously ask you some questions. We miss having you in the room. We'll get you back here soon. But mm-hmm. um, Chris was just asking if it makes you nervous, if it asks us or if he was asking us as, as the podcast, um, if it makes us nervous looking at the history of college coaches who have started as bad as Scott Frost or worse and yeah. liter- literally, historically, none of them have been able to get back to regular winning sure. wins. Does that make you nervous? Um, not, not really. I don't know. I just, I don't really think those things are usually correlated. Obviously, if no one's ever turned around, that's not really a good sign. But you know, it's. I, I still do believe, regardless of if we let Scott Frost go, you know, maybe this just isn't the place for him. Maybe this isn't like. You know, the conference, how the Big Ten kind of runs the offense-defense, maybe that's just not his wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. he kind of grew kind of grew as under his coaching through through Oregon and kind of like those fast-paced offenses, you know. Like, he's, he's kind of been trying to force something to happen here in Nebraska. And we've been seeing him kind of even switch his style of recruiting and the type of receivers, you know, he's getting, like, things like that. And so I wonder if he's, like, trying to kind of adapt a little more and maybe some of those coaches I don't know the list that you guys are referring to and things like that but you know I wonder if maybe some of those coaches just tried maybe one they're bad coaches but I do think Frost will have I think he'll have a good coaching a long coaching tenure he's a really young guy Mm -hmm. um, in terms of like coaches I think he will have a successful career I think it really just matters like Mm-hmm. Will will he actually be able to turn it around at Nebraska specifically, or yeah. is he going to need to go somewhere else? Honestly, from here, I don't really know where he goes. Maybe he goes to be like an offensive coordinator somewhere. Like if we if we let him go, I don't really know the the trajectory that he would be looking at. I don't know. Maybe probably just go back to a smaller head coach at a smaller school and kind of do that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I all all that to say, I don't know if it that really doesn't scare me too much i genuinely do think he is a solid coach i think actually this week at ohio i kind of expected to see the team give up a little bit yeah. um yeah i kind of did too. and they actually came out and they fought and i think that shows that like kind of the, i think that is like kind of the culture thing is that i do think he has done a tremendous job of improving our culture in terms of like guys being willing to fight when it's like very easy to give up against a top five opponent at home when you're like three and six already mm-hmm. yeah yeah those are great points and we just got done talking too like i don't think chris or i are both convinced that scott frost is just not the answer like we think that he, i'm we, not i'm definitely not convinced to be honest like if i think we would all i was actually thinking about this of like um do you guys really think if he got blown out by every top 10 team that we played right we mm-hmm. i think all of us we have the same exact record but we get blown out against Oklahoma, mm-hmm. get blown out against Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio. I think all of us agree that Scott Frost has to go. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Be, but because he's been able to, like, the, the team has been able to actually fight to the point where we have the expectations that we, not only should we have competed, but we should, probably should have won two or three of those games. Like, mm-hmm. that's, I think, I genuinely think 
that in and of itself is actually what's probably going to save him from losing his job this year. Yeah, and that's that's where my my conflict lies is what I was saying earlier. And I, I was I was messaging you guys. I don't know if it was it was I was in a chat with with James and another buddy who's not a Husker fan and and I was like, is this this is I'm so conflicted. Is this what it's like, you know? Like I'm so I'm so torn. I don't know. I don't want Scott Frost, I don't want Nebraska to lose, but I want it to be more clear what the direction of the future is. And I I'm so torn right now. Like I think Scott Frost is good. I think he's the guy. But also, I don't know like what's what is necessary for us to get it just past yeah. like the next step, you know. Like, so it would be much easier for me to to watch us get blown out by Ohio State and be like, oh yeah, we got to fire him. Like, yep. we just have to yeah. we have to get a new person in. But the the football team did just enough to make me think Scott Frost. Er, yeah, you know, yeah. they're like they're right there, and you know, it's it's just tough. And so. And unfortunately, would we agree that that's kind of been the same exact performance that Martinez has been doing at quarterback, been doing just enough for just us not enough. to switch quarterback, yeah, or for people to not lose their brains? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he plays he plays a pretty pretty decent game in Ohio, but there's a lot of a lot of things where it's like he's obviously injured. Yeah, he's not he's just he's just not this decisive you, enough. Well, you could make-, make just enough plays to then like keep us in games to where we're like. Oh, but we were right there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I have myself wondering, like, yeah, but are we really ever there for always playing from behind? And if you look at every single one-score game we've been in this year, when we have a chance to drive the field, we have gotten zero points every drive, every game this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, like, that's that's that doesn't feel like it's right there. You yeah, know? I yeah. think you can like you can point to the score and be like, but we are. But it's like. If, if also if we just can't if you just look at how many games we've lost in the, in the score and the spread if if we score 35 points i think we lose all but one game this year uh like, yeah i mean or we actually might actually even be undefeated and 35 is not even an insane amount of points ohio has been averaging 45 points i mean they lead the fbs so i guess I know. Yeah, they're, but, yeah but if we score but 35 points, points yeah and so it's just, yeah, it's just pretty wild. You know, I think, I think we're, we're close, but also it does feel like we're pretty far if there's not significant changes in the off season. Yeah. That's what's weird though about this offense is we, we gain yards. I think we're one of the mm. best, like statistically, or I think we're in the top 25 as far as offensive production mm-hmm. in college football. Oh, yeah. It's just, we can't get it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. We can't turn those yards into points. Is Wait. that we have to score from forty yards out. Yeah, it's, it's either big play or bust. Yeah, or like big play, yeah. get it to the one, and then as we saw, Adrian Martinez take it in or run whatever. But like, yeah, that's what's so frustrating is we we're, we're seeing a lot of yards. We're seeing that we can drive it, but we just can't finish. And is that on the QB? I yeah. don't know. I think I think you could I, make. I sh- What's up, James? I'll just say I, sh- I should have looked it up before. Um, but I wonder yeah, what you should have, you should have like our, our, yeah, I know our, <laughs> what our red zone um, percentage is this year. Cause obviously like Drew kept, um, in our, in our chat, just kept telling, talking about like, you know, sharing all these tweets of yeah. how we're kind of leading a lot of like, we're really high in the nation when it comes to all these big plays. I'm like, yeah, we have big plays, but then we get to the, the red zone and we don't know what to do. And then we, <laughs> we, many- we do a really conservative, it's like third and four. We run like the most conservative play ever just to run a kicker out there to miss a field goal. And it's oh, not dude. like it's not like that doesn't happen often, right? We've missed eight chip shot field goals this year. Oh, like no. these are it's it's so and I think that's that's almost why it's maddening and that's kind of where like, well, does that come to coaching? 
because it's third and four. We're, first of all, we're not being a little more aggressive than heaven. Or actually, I think it was third and seven when Adrian limped it to the left side and got tackled immediately, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. that's, that's how aggressive we're going to be when we know we don't have great kickers. Like, that's just kind of the things that I feel like almost take us out of the game early on to then put Ohio or Oklahoma or any of these teams in a position where it's like, well, now let's force them to make a play against our defense, which is very good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we never we never put the heels on, like, our defense is so good and they've been holding us up all year, and we never really give them the chance to show it late in the game because it's always our offense that has to do something. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. I think, it, I think ultimately for me it does fall on coaches. I don't think it falls on head coach I think in in a way it kind of makes it makes its way to him because he's the one that picks the the coaches I think it falls on Verduzco and I think it falls on more on Scott Frost for not just not balling out and hiring a special teams coach like I think if 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 the kickers and the punters had a coach that they went to directly and they knew this man's job is solely to make to help me be better at what I do I think that that would be extremely beneficial. And I think my my last comment on on that is I think you can make a real good argument that Adrian's play the past two weeks before Ohio State was solely the reason for our loss. Like, yeah, we showed up a little flat against Minnesota, but he played terrible. He played really bad, made horrible decisions, couldn't hit anybody wide open. And then against Purdue, he had four interceptions and was making again just— I also don't don't want to, like, let it get lost. I think we all agreed— Illinois was a hundred percent Adrian's fault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess maybe you could put a little bit of that on Cam with that, with that punt. That and punt, stuff, but yeah. Definitely, the first two that, that our very first loss of the season, which I think set a tone and expectations for even fans, was like solely on Adrian. Yeah, and I guess Cam's shoulders, two of our captains, which is. Not yeah. ideal. And once again, once again, this week, Scott Frost was talking all the past couple weeks. I just want Adrian to have the opportunity to go down and win a game and to make it happen. And again, we had that opportunity twice this week. Missed twice. Guy. And missed the open guy, dropped the ball, had a pat, yeah, had a pat, maybe a pass interference, and then went down and then ha- threw a pick over the middle of the field when we were down nine. It wouldn't have ultimately mattered, but right. if we could have driven down the field and put a ball in the end zone, it could have been. You know, it could have been that moment, and he had the opportunity twice against another top five team at home, and yep. couldn't make it happen. Yep. So um, James actually looked up the stat for you. Oh, red zone efficiency. Whoa. So Nebraska currently have, in the twenty twenty one season, right now we are a hundred and tenth of all college football programs, and our red zone efficiency, which includes touchdowns and field goals, we're sitting at seventy two percent. Oh my! Word. Which honestly seems higher than what you'd think it'd be, but to give you guys hope, Iowa is at 114th. Whoa! So we're better to think In your face, Kansas. Nebraska, fan Nebraska has a higher red zone efficiency than Iowa. There we go. And Northwestern, what? Clemson. Oh my gosh! Um, Maryland. Um, we're the best. The so we're playing Iowa at the at the end of the year. Don't know if you noticed, but they finally realized that they're. Their quarterback also sucked, and then they put they put in a backup quarterback that actually has touched up football was, before. And he was freaking amazing, and he was really good. And he like he like looked really good. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, what what are coaches seeing in practice that they're like Iowa, who hasn't ha- has had horrible luck with offense all year. Mm-hmm. They're they were they like put in this guy that's a backup, and he's like, oh, this guy can run an offense. Oh, <laughs> only if we saw that in practice. I know. Yeah, and that so. uh, that I think brings me to my my last 
um, question for you, James, I guess, and for yeah. for this, maybe this segment. Um, we can continue down the road. But uh, I, I look at what, what they were saying in the press conference about Adrian playing. You know, for the past couple of weeks, Scott Frost has been saying, hey, man, he's tough. He's fighting through a lot of stuff. Yeah. He, he, and then we get to this week, and I think it's kind of the cop-out answer at this point where Scott Frost is like, yeah, he's – He's had a broken jaw and he and a high ankle sprain, um, and in my head I'm like, oh wow, you know that's tough. Like he's a tough guy for fighting through that, and he played a good game. And but then the other side of my brain, which I think is probably the more realistic side, is like, why in the world did he play three games in a row with a broken jaw and a high ankle sprain, and two yeah. of them, two of them he played horrendously, horrible. And we talked about it a little bit the past couple weeks about like, does that say more about the coaches not trusting the backups or the coaches not being able to prepare the backups yep. or well, how does Logan Smothers feel where Scott Frost, Scott Frost continuously says we're, we're playing the best guy. We're playing the guy that gives us the best chance to win. That's and embarrassing. He, exactly. If, if you're, if you're Logan Smothers and you, your coach doesn't think you are a good enough option, but a guy with a broken John high ankles is the best. Exactly. The James. Yeah, and honestly, that's, that's a thousand percent where I feel is one um, people are, I saw someone on Twitter saying that, well, Logan, Logan Smothers is like a redshirt freshman. He's been on campus. This is his third year on campus, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, because of COVID year. Yeah. He redshirted and COVID. This is his third year being here. So I don't, when people say freshman, I think it really kind of makes everyone just feel like they don't know what's going on. The dude's been around for a while and he should be ready to go. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is, it's very insulting to be, to say, for Scott Frost in the interview, I don't know if that came out on Wednesday of this last week, saying like you're crazy if you don't think I'm playing the best guy out here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then and then to find out like, oh yeah, he's got a broken jaw, um, high ankle sprain. Um, he can't see out of one of his eyes, and <laughs> and he's allergic to throwing the ball to our teammates. Like when you, find out all, when you find out all the things about him, and you're like, wow, yeah, he's tough. It's like, no, I'm not. I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like obviously. Whoever goes in, I want them to be tough. Like yeah, whoever we play should be tough. So I, I don't know if that's like a really good marker. But when it comes to like that guy's been there for a long time, we've seen him get reps, and he's he's also very quick. And mm-hmm. I think the most frustrating thing is is yeah, you can say whatever you want of we're playing these guys, but then on that third and seven, like I keep coming back to plays like that where it's like okay, well you know his limitations. And you act like they're not there. Oh yeah. And we're not <laughs> changing play calling. We're not. We're not even then putting him in a position to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that is a thousand percent coaching. And, and if I think you at the end of the day, like that's Mario, dude. That's oh, his I know. And it's Mario, and it was the play call genuinely because in my head, and I texted you guys, I was like, if you know it's a quarterback run, if you know it's a quarterback run, what like put in Logan. Even if the entire other team knows it's a quarterback run at that point, too, they don't know where you're yeah. going. They don't know the switches. They don't know that. So if if you think Adrian with a broken jaw and a high ankle sprain is still the best option to run the ball on third and seven at the goal line, like within the red zone, yeah. like that blows my mind. That is but even, even unbelievable. That's what, that's what Florida did at the beginning of the season. You know, they brought in Emery. When he wasn't the starter, I believe mm-hmm. that was that was it. Sorry, Luke, if my, my our resident Florida fan. But for a while, they they brought in their backup, who was a stronger runner, yeah. Anthony Richardson. Not a good yeah. And, yeah, and they would just bring him in to run to run running plays, and like then Hill. the other yeah. team knows, okay, this guy's gonna run the ball. They kind of do that thing that we've done with Adrian, where he just gets a a snap, and the running back just goes and is a lead blocker. 
they did that, found tremendous success doing that, especially at the goal line. But they would bring that in, that package in at different times, and then it would be play action, and it would have a pass, and they weren't ready for it. So, mm-hmm. like, it actually became a strategic thing. But just the idea that we're still running plays that are designed runs for Adrian mm-hmm. when he cannot, he just doesn't have the explosiveness. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know what we're doing. And uh, this also makes me wonder, so if Adrian's actually going to be done for the season with jaw surgery, mm-hmm. do we really think that the coaches are going to be like, oh, yeah, and then just in one more offseason after Smothers has been there not three but four years, he actually will be ready to be the starter next year. Yeah. Or are they just like begging Adrian to come back to have the six? Yeah. Like, the, the only thing I can see where this like, okay, maybe this makes sense a little bit more. So it came out that Martinez – had his ankle sprain during practice. So the only way I can see, like, hey, we're playing Martinez is we are assuming that <clears throat> Logan Smothers is healthy. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are completely assuming that, like, he is yeah, 100%. Because yeah, yeah. There, there could be the real chance that maybe he's maybe banged he's, up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And, of course, the coaching staff, they don't do a lot of, like, releasing everyone's being hurt. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's... that's be a little less likely, right? Because he's not it's, taking it's got a contact in practice. And... Right. Um, but that's just going off of, like, Martinez getting injured in practice like that's the only like thing that I can see as being okay I guess that kind of makes yeah, sense but if yeah. he's 100% then that's where it's like frustrating yeah exactly well thanks a bunch James we appreciate you calling in man hope you get to start feeling better and we, we're excited to have you back on next week maybe we, maybe we can give you a call next week too if you're unable to come in and we got like we're gonna have mailbag and whatnot because it's bye week Oh yeah, no, I'll be I'll be ready to go next week. So. For sure, man. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, stay away from swing sets. Yeah, don't don't you you know you can't be close to those swing sets, James. We've talked about this. No, I'm no, I can be within fifty feet. Okay, bye guys. Sorry, <laughs> right, so we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that guy. Love that guy. All right, what we, a guy. We've been we've been talking about football for a long time now, and we haven't even touched on the most important part: the pants. The pants. The pants. I, guys, I didn't get I didn't get nearly enough pants content in the podcast last time. And one of our wow. biggest one of our biggest supporters on Twitter, Scott Frost's pants. I don't know. First and foremost, I don't know how you tweet without fingers and and like a hands in general. But Scott Frost's pants have found a way to um, to get a Twitter account. And man, he loves him some pants. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he does. And trust me, I love me some pants too. Gosh. And so. This all started um, when Scott Frost was hired in his pants, let me tell you, way too tight. Way too tight. I'm doing my best Colin Cowherd impression right now. But this week, I didn't get enough pants content. So I'm trying to find <laughs> scouring the internet while I'm talking right now, looking for pictures of Scott Frost's pants, and I cannot find them. So what we're going to do is we're going to rate Scott Frost's pants in the next couple weeks, um, whether they're, you know, we'll, we'll look at um, color, color, matching combination, um, Guess I, the brand. Big big black pants guy. You? Tan? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I like the black and the it's, gray. It's slick. It's very it, slick. Very it, professional. I feel like only Harbaugh can go with khakis. Yeah, like, that guy. I just don't we, want to see khakis. We, we, don't, we, don't, we, don't say, we don't say his name. We've gone over this. We don't it's got to be unemployed, so. Oh, that's true. Yep. Well, we, we'll, we'll pray for Jim Harbaugh and his, <laughs> his khaki pants. But I'm a big black, big gray pants guy. I like the professional look, but it also says I can still party. I can still beat this referee to death with my bare hands. <laughs> My pythons are huge. My arms <laughs> gigantic. You can see them rippling through my my polo shirts. So, got got to get more pants content in the podcast in the next couple weeks. But um, guys, this is gonna go ahead and I think that's gonna end the podcast for this week. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> but we got juicy. Uh, we got a, another bye week coming up. So good news. Good news. Can't lose. Can't won't lose. Can't lose. Nebraska's not losing this week. Won't lose this week. Maybe in basketball, but hopefully not. Fingers crossed. So I don't have to watch the Cowboys lose for another week. So that's good too. Yeah. Man, what a rough weekend for you, Zane. Hey, man. You know, sometimes that's just God kicking you in the nuts, and you got to <laughs> deal with it. And that's the and that's the way things go. Yesterday, the Cowboys were losing by thirty, and I okay. went to and I just shot basketballs for two hours because that's all I could do. That's all you could do. <laughs> I will say this though before yeah. we close. Yeah. I think this is an important week for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Here's why. Yep. One, I thought it was interesting that we got to commit. Yeah. We got to yeah. commit. Yep. Jalil Martin, mm-hmm. defensive, back, defensive back, 6'2", big frame, long arms, like seems to be your typical T-fish kind of recruit. Mm-hmm. I will say this, though. I think this week can give us a little bit of clarity of where Nebraska football's going. Mm-hmm. Here's why. If... If Trev Alberts knows that Scott Frost is staying, I think you I think it's the wisest move to say to make a statement this week because the coaches are on the road recruiting. Yep, absolutely. What do you do if you're a recruit and you have this coaching staff come in and try to pitch Nebraska? You're going to ask them, are you going to be here next will year? You, will you be here? Yeah. So yeah. If, if Trev knows that, okay, we are going to keep Scott, I think this is the week where you have to say something. Mm-hmm. And if you don't say something... Could that be foreshadow for where they're kind of leaning? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll keep it in-house to the end of the season. But I think for me, in a recruiting standpoint, when the coaches are on the road, it makes sense as a program, if you know he's going to be the coach, to make that clear. And that's what I'm like interested with this Jalil Martin commit. Who's committing to Nebraska right now yeah. if you don't know the future of Nebraska football? Yeah. Maybe it could be all of his other offers or just whatever, and you get the chance to play for Nebraska in a D1 mm-hmm. program. Big 10, you're just going to take it. Yeah, I understand that. But I think watch watch the headlines this week. I think it could be telling of where the direction, the future of Nebraska football lies. It's a great point. Yeah, and Nebraska is making a real push right now with in-state commits. They they uh, they've committed or they haven't committed. They reached out to Malachi Coleman and offered him a receiver from East. They also offered the quarterback from East, who's yeah. another guy that I mean I've been listening to people talk about him on the radio, and I watched some highlights. How the heck does that kid not have more? power five offers and it was a walk-on offer to this guy he can he was averaging like 350 400 yards passing a game Jeez, yeah a freak Gosh. just throwing it everywhere and they're they're offering more quarterbacks from in-state walk-ons like they're getting guys from the in-state so they're like really pushing for that well all these kids are probably thinking maybe they aren't maybe they're not like us but I, if i was in their shoes i'd be like how do i even know that you're going to be here whenever i get here <laughs> yeah. to campus you know that's Which, the question you ask if yeah. they come and yeah, have a conversation like it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll make a definitive. Hey, Scott Frost is the coach next year. We're excited. This is why I think they if they do anything today will be in, interesting because Scott Frost gives his, gives his press conference. He met with Trev yesterday. Somebody's going to ask him about it. Somebody will probably find Trev and ask him about it. So we'll get some news, I think. But if anything, I'm guessing it will be just like, hey, I support Scott Frost. I think he's doing a good job this year. We're excited about the rest of the year. You know, like, I think it's just going to be the normal talking points, which is frustrating. So, but regardless, we want to thank you guys for listening to the Big Red Rundown. We hope that you have enjoyed this as much as uh, we are. In next week's episode, we'll be answering your guys' questions. So we got some leftover from last week. My brother Aiden sent some in. My dad got some. We'll probably get some from Drew's friend Cody. We love listen. We love knowing that you guys are listening, Cody and, and my dad and Aiden and Drew and all the uh, Scott Frost pants. I don't know how you listen to this without ears, but hey, man, do your thing. 
But next week, we'll answer your guys' questions, and then we'll take a look at the rest of this season. We'll talk about basketball, how things have been going, about volleyball. Baseball's coming up before too long in the spring. Man, it's, it's, it's exciting. Lots of stuff going on. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Give us some good reviews and share it with your friends and family. We would really appreciate it. You guys can follow us on Twitter at Big Red Rundown and send your comments and questions to BigRedRundown at gmail.com. We will see you guys next time.